last time on the occult adventures of Norman P. Blank. Ooh, did someone say dinner? Boy, am I starving. Being in a parallel dimension will do that to you. What's for dinner? Norman stood in a beautiful chamber deep beneath City Hall. The chamber's great domed roof was gilded with gold and jewels. A crowd of magical creatures stood around him, dressed in formal wear. Above the crowd floated a giant eyeball. Its gaze penetrated deep into Norman's soul. Greetings, Norman P. Blake. I have summoned you here because... Hey, so nice to meet you, giant eyeball, but I I don't care. If you want legal counsel, can you call me and schedule something? Silence! You have to roam! I am the duly elected mayor of San Francisco. I have gathered the best legal talent from across the city. But the mayor is Paris Pedigree. You're a floating eye. Paris Pedigree is the avatar I project into the city. Obviously a giant floating eyeball as a mayor would freak a lot of people out. Where was I? Oh, yes. I have gathered the best legal talent from across the city. Great. Kidnapped again by another trans-dimensional being. I did not kidnap you. Well, technically I did. <laughs> but I had a good reason. Our current public defender, Joey, is retiring soon. I have selected the best lawyers in the city to find a replacement. Should one of you prove yourself worthy in this year's Legal Olympics, the greatest test of legal prowess ever conceived, you might just become the new public defender. Now, bingo! Norman recognized most of the potential candidates in passing, but there was one particular that stood out. A slim man with sallow skin, hollow cheeks, and straight black hair. He approached Norman and smiled, revealing fangs. Excuse me, Mr. Blank? Yes? I am Al, the bastard. You may know me from my many advertisements sprinkled throughout the city, or perhaps from my reputation as the best lawyer in all of San Francisco? You're the vampire lawyer, right? With the ads that say, I'm dying to take your case. I do not sound like that. Uh, Yes, that is me. It's good to meet you, Mr. uh, Bastard. I wish I could say the same, Mr. Blank. Only I have heard of your reputation as a disrupting force in our dear city. What do you mean? You are something of a menace, no? Your meddling with the Beishrim Pyre, your involvement with old Smokey's death, your bullying of those poor pixies. Hey, those pixies bullied me first. Who's to say? You want my advice? Go back to your dingy office. This is no place for amateurs. I'm not an amateur. I'm a professional lawyer with a history of winning cases, and I'm... Goodbye, Mr. Blank. If the gods are kind, we will not meet again. I can take an insult. I can take condescension. But if that vampire thinks he's a better lawyer than me, he's got another thing coming. Move! You're blocking the cucumber sandwiches! Oh, sorry.
Welcome to Season 2 of the Occult Adventures of Norman P. Blank. Step into a magical world where mystery and danger threaten from every corner. Mild-mannered lawyer Norman P. Blank helps the people of magical San Francisco by defending his reputation and also his client. Tonight's episode, Pigeon Cuckoo. It was a long walk from City Hall to Norman's lair. The mayor couldn't teleport him home, citing a lack of funding, so he had to hoof it. He headed straight to the sitting room to flop onto his divan and do some light reading. We have to make a plan to find Norman. First, we need to acquire a list of the mirrors. Second, we are going to fan out and search every mirror in the city for any signs of the mirror man. We're wasting time planning, Black Freeze. What we need is immediate action. We should smash every mirror in the city. For once in your life, try to keep your impulses in check. When have my impulses ever been in check? What's going on here? Who shattered the mantelpiece mirror? Norman, where have you been? A mixer. With the mayor. I'm a candidate for public. Defender. The mayor? Oh, that's wonderful. I can put in a good word for you. Like I said to Lincoln after he was shot. You need all the help you can get. Thanks, Black Freeze. I think I have a good chance at the job after all. I've already defended most of my clients for free. You should rethink that business model. As a public defender, I can keep doing that and have a salary. This is what I've wanted to do with my career ever since I was a lawyerling. Excuse me, Sir Norman? Yes, Larry. There is a wizard at the door requesting your services as a lawyer. A certain Grumagor Sludge. See him in, please. Okie dokie. Grumagor Sludge was tall and thin. He had a thick black mustache that grew down to his chin, and wisps of white hair floated around his head. He was dressed in a violet robe with oily stains all down the front. The pink aura of astral projection glowed around him. He picked his nose, wiped his hand on his robe, and snorted. So you're Norman P. Blank? I am. You must be Grumagore Sludge. I understand you need a lawyer. What's your rate? Well, I operate on a sliding scale. Great. I'll go with the zero dollars option. You see, mate, I've been accused of murder. <gasps> I knew it. You have that characteristic murderous glint in your eye. I ain't done no son-of-a-gum killing. All I did was transfigurate someone into a pigeon. Was it a voluntary enchantment? No. Well, that's a problem. You see, the transfiguration would be an unlawful enchantment. But where does the murder accusation fit in? The polymorph spell would have lasted two hours tops. And some old lady comes along and shoots and kills the man-turned-pigeon. And now... I'm being accused of the man-pigeon's death. An interesting case. Exactly like one a public defender would take all take it. At least charge him something. Yeah, the bottom of the sliding scale is three bucks an hour. We already agreed to zero dollars. I got the trial tomorrow at like three or so. I don't know, maybe it's eleven. Tomorrow? Yeah, is it a problem? Well, I think we can do it if we work efficiently and pull an all-nighter. Don't worry, Mr. Sludge. I'll fight for justice for you. Whatever about justice. Just lie and get me exonerated. That's not really how it works. I can't hear you. My astral form's breaking up. Bye. All right. Who's ready to pull an all-nighter and help me win this case? 
I consider you a very dear friend, Norman. But like I said to Robespierre as he was led away to the guillotine during the height of the French Revolution, I'm not going to help you. David? I have explosive diarrhea, and if I stay here, it'll come out. Bye. The next day, Norman sat beside Grummigore Sludge in the courtroom. Grummigore kept picking his nose and wiping it on Norman's notes. The shooter, an old woman named Alice Sneed, sat in the audience behind the empty opposition table. She wore an outfit made entirely of doilies and wore glasses with lenses at least five inches thick. All rise for the Honorable Judge Crunch. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Judge Crunch. All right, well, let's see. Today we have the state of California v. Sludge. Mr. Sludge is charged with the second-degree murder of Curtis Glint and with unlawful enchantment. Let's see, we have Mr. Blank representing Mr. Sludge. Hello again, Mr. Blank. Hello, Your Honor. Try not to speechify so much this time. Yes, Your Honor. And where is the prosecutor? My apologies, Your Honor. I, Al the Bastard, am prosecuting this case. Oh no, please, you do not need to clap. Great, this guy again. Mr. Bastard, I hope you have a good excuse for your lateness. Yes, Your Honor, I was busy rescuing a baby, a puppy, and a kitten who all fell down a well inside of a burning orphanage on a crumbling sea cliff above a colony of baby seals. And all of them suffered from updog. What's updog? Not much, Your Honor. What's up with you? <laughs> No, oh, Mr. Bastard, you're always a delight to have in court. Let us begin with the coin flip for who will go first for opening statements. Heads or tails, Mr. Blank? Heads. Heads? You're up, Mr. Blank. Ha! In your face, bastard. A loser lawyer says what? What? Get some every time. Uh, Mr. Blank, save your comedy act for my open mic night. It's every Thursday at 8 p.m. here in courtroom 8B. This week's guest is Bongo, the monkey with a gun. Yes, Your Honor. Creatures of the jury. This trial is unprecedented in magical law. The question is, is Mr. Sludge guilty of the murder of Curtis Glint? I believe that the facts of the case will prove that Mr. Sludge, while certainly uncouth, is not guilty of that murder. Your Honor. Creatures of the jury. Murder is never fun, especially when it involves death. No matter how obvious Mr. Sludge's guilt is, I ask you to keep an open mind and look rigorously at the facts, especially the ones that prove him guilty. Your Honor, I would like to call my first witness, Mrs. Alice Sneed. Please take the stand, Mrs. Sneed. What? Did someone call my name? I said, please take the stand, Mrs. Sneed. You want me to scram? Can someone please give her one of those ear horn thingies? Right this way, Mrs. Sneed. I know how feeble and hard of hearing and sight you are. 
Thank you, you kind young man. Now, Mrs. Sneed, I would like to ask you a few questions. All right, dearie. Were you the one who shot the pigeon? Yes, much to my regret. Oh, I am sorry to hear that, Mrs. Sneed. You are retired now, yes? Yes, for quite some time. Oh, what was your profession? I taught Spanish 101. A teacher, an admirable profession. You must have a such a gentle heart. Objection, your honor, this is irrelevant. Sustained. Please stick to the case, Mr. Bastard. My apologies, Your Honor. I have a few more questions, Mrs. Sneed. Can you tell us about the day of the murder? It is hard for me to relive that moment. I was on my balcony overlooking the panhandle, a nearby park. I always love bird watching from there. I saw a particularly large and overweight pigeon, and so I picked up what I thought was my telescope. It sadly was my husband's old hunting rifle. Before I knew it, I must have bumped the trigger, and the pigeon exploded in a puff of feathers. It was so frightening. Thank you for sharing such a difficult event, Mrs. Sneed. I have no more questions, Your Honor. Defense. Thank you, Your Honor. I have just one question, Mrs. Sneed. Why was your husband's old hunting rifle on the balcony? I must have confused it for the telescope when I took it out of the telescope and gun closet. It never occurred to you to keep the gun safely locked up in a different closet? Objection! You said you only had one more question. Sustained! Mrs. Sneed, you may step down. All right. I call Mr. Grumagore Sludge to the stand. What? Please take the stand. Where do you want me to take it? Order! Order! You will cease this goofy goofing immediately. Save it for open mic night. It'll be every Thursdays at 8 p.m. here in courtroom 8B. Sorry, Judge. Just jesting and jiping. Mr. Sludge, can you tell us about the events on the day Mr. Glint was murdered? It was a warm afternoon. Maybe 3 or 4 o'clock. Maybe 4.30. No, no. 2.50. Actually, maybe it was 3.45. The witness will hurry it up. Yeesh, what crawled up your robe and bit ya? Anyway, I was meandering down the panhandle, the nearby park, when I came across Curtis Glynn. And some words might have been exchanged. Maybe some glances of sexual tension. So I did what any self-respecting wizard did and said, sound of poo into a pigeon, I curse you. Thank you for the demonstration, but in the future please refrain from transfiguring the foreman of the jury. A bailiff, where is the resident detransfigurator? What's their name? Jimmy something? Jimmy something was laid off. Budget cuts. Well, we'll just have to figure it out at recess. Mr. Sludge, what happened after he became a pigeon? Well, he flew off. I laughed a lot, and then I went home to eat some cream of mushroom soup. You know. Wizard stuff. So you didn't witness the murder? <laughs> no, I was waist deep in cream of mushroom soup. Thank you. Ugh. That'll be all. Mr. Bastard, do you wish to cross-examine? Yes, Your Honor. Mr. Sludge, what was your relationship with Mr. Curtis Glint, the victim? Well... We were rivals. Wizard rivals. Rivals. Interesting. And how long have you been rivals? Since, um, well, since Wizard College. Go Unicorns! <laughs>
Yes, yes, yes. Now, Mr. Grumagor, I'm curious. Are you a fan of journaling? Objection. This is irrelevant, Your Honor. If you would indulge me, Your Honor, I have a point. I'll allow it, but make it quick. Mr. Sludge, do you enjoy journaling? Not any more than the next wizard. Really? I submit to the court a piece of evidence obtained during the police raid on Mr. Sludge's wizard apartment. Grumagor Sludge's personal grimoire, a.k.a. journal. <gasps> did you or did you not write? And I quote, I hate Curtis Glint and his char-broiled face and perfectly coffeed hair with every fiber of my being. I wish he were dead. No, I never wrote that his face was char-broiled or his hair perfectly coffeed. Ah, yes, I see. Your handwriting is terrible. It reads, cherubic face and perfectly quaffed hair, but it undeniably says, I wish he were dead. I submit to the court that Mr. Mr. Grubbergore Sludge willfully transformed Mr. Glint into a pigeon because of the hatred in his heart. No! He took his rivalry a step too far. No, I'd never hurt Curtis. I submit that Mr. Sludge transformed Mr. Glint into a pigeon so he could then kill him discreetly. After all, gentle creatures of the jury, who would weep for the death of a pigeon? I would. No, I swear I never wanted to kill the pigeon. Order! I'm getting sleepy, so we will adjourn for the day. Crunch out! It's hats for ants. From the people who brought you the catastrophe comes the hottest product since socks for termites. Just ask this happy ant. I love my hat. What's more, hats for ants can help giant ants blend in with human society. Excuse me, miss. I didn't see you there. Let me get the door for you. I love my hat. Say, that is quite the chapeau. Want to get married? I love my hat. Hats for ants. It's a hat for an ant. Or uncle. <laughs> wow, these jokes just write themselves. Gather round seekers of ancient tales and forgotten lore. I'm Joe Prada, and I bring you Storm of Whispers, the main adventure from the actual play podcast roleplay game. We explore the Wild Sea, a narrative fiction first system, a world overtaken by nature's embrace. Chainsaw-driven ships cut through treetop waves to pave new life in this post-fall fantasy world. In our tale, there's a race. Sailors scour the verdancy to find three sacred trinkets from a bygone era. The first crew to return them to the Wishmakers can claim any wish they can imagine. Join us on Spotify and Apple Podcast as we navigate treacherous depths, confront enigmatic challenges, and stand strong for our heart's desire in the final race. Role play game. We roll, we play, we game. Does this sound like you? Oh, not again. A parking ticket? Oh, I wish I had some way to challenge these. Oh no. They've discovered I cooked the books. 
If only I knew how to defend myself in court. I'm innocent, see? Innocent. Luigi put on those cement shoes voluntarily. Yeah, voluntarily. Call the best law firm in the entire Bay Area. Bastard, Bats, and Leibowitz. You can trust me to fight for you no matter how heinous the crime. Murder, embezzlement, parking tickets, even treason. I will help you fight and win. I'm dying to take your case, boy! Hi, I'm Kevin Ray, the voice of Norman and the writer of the show. If you're enjoying tonight's episode, why don't you leave a rating and a review? If you'd like to support the show, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash normanpblank for bonus episodes, uh, blog posts, and other eldritch secrets. All for just $5 a month. Now, back to the show. Norman knew he had to act fast if he was going to have any hope of winning this case. What he wanted was information. What he needed was a detective. Hi, Chicky Poo. What's the business? Hi, David. I could use your help investigating something for- Investigating? Oh, I love investigating! I know. I need to know more about Mrs. Sneed. Something just doesn't add up about her story. Sounds like you need an investigator. Or even a detective. Yes, I need you to find out if Mrs. Sneed had a motivation to kill the victim, Curtis Glint. Hmm, so you're saying you need me to break into Mrs. Sneed's home and find any dirt on her? No, don't break into her home. I'm off to break into an old lady's home! Just for you! No, don't break into her home! I can't hear you, I'm too far away! Maybe I should have asked someone else. After a bit of sleuthing and the very clever use of a phone book, David tracked down Mrs. Sneed's apartment overlooking the panhandle at the very top of an old folks home. From that balcony, she could see the entire park. Now it's time for the old long-lost grandson trick. Hello? Hi, Gam Gam. It's, uh, me, um, Robbie, your grandson. Grandson? I don't even have children. Oh, well, in that case, I'm here to inspect your wallpaper. Finally! I've been calling City Hall for months now to inspect it. I'll buzz you in. If Alice Sneed's apartment had a theme, it would be doilies. Doilies woven in intricate patterns clung to every surface and hung on every wall like spider webs. The pink fruit-patterned wallpaper was cracked and peeling. I'm so glad a wallpaper inspector finally showed up, Mr... Lamp? Person... Lamperson. Yeah, yeah, Lamperson. I'm Mr. Lamperson. Would you like any refreshments, Mr. Lamperson? Who? Oh, me! Yes, a tall glass of scotch, no ice. I have corn soda. I'll take it. Now for some investigating. Hmm, her mail. Let's see. Junk mail, junk mail, junk mail. Oh, what's this? A letter from Curtis Glint. Say, ain't that the guy what done been murdered and whatnot? Oh, yes. It's very sad. Oh! Here's your corn soda, dear. Curtis Glint was my nephew, you see. 
He was such a nice young man, and then my husband died. I don't follow. My husband was Perdred Glint, the fabulously wealthy Corn Soda Baron. I was supposed to inherit his fortune, but my damned nephew weaseled it all away from me. All I have is this apartment, an enchanted carafe that creates endless corn soda. Aha! A motivation! Well investigated, Machina. What was that, Mr. Lamperson? Who? Oh, me. Yes, nothing, just a nervous tick. My husband used to have one of those, but he's dead now. Anyway, I had hoped to come to some agreement with Curtis, but he's dead now, too. That makes things easy. As the money comes to me now. Aha! Evidence of a plan. Hmm, dear? Sorry, I had a cough. My husband used to have those, but he's dead now. Are you done with your inspection? Yes, it all checks out. I, I should be with... Oh! Oh no, my soda! Oh, how clumsy of me. Not to worry, dear. I do that all the time. What with my eyesight being what it is, there's more... Soda, if you need it, so much more. Strange. I was certain she was faking the whole bad eyes thing. What did you say, Mr. Lamperson? Who are you talking to? Oh, ah, me, just gas, uh, Mrs. Sneed. My husband used to have gas, but, but he's, he's dead, dead now. now. Yeah, I know. I gotta go, Mrs. Sneed. Bye. But the wallpaper... Consider it, uh, certified. Oh, he didn't finish his corn soda. I f***ing hate that sh. The courtroom was packed. A full gaggle of reporters sat in the first five rows, and the entire San Francisco Doily Enthusiast Club occupied another three. Al the Bastard sneered as Norman took his seat. Mr. Blank, good to see you. Al? You have something right there on your shirt. Do I? What is... Oh, idiots fall for that every time. Norman! Norman! Oh, God, I need to do more cardio. Norman, I have some more information. Please tell me you didn't break into Mrs. Sneed's home. No need. I am a master of disguise. The whole place stunk of corn soda. Curtis Glint is Alice Sneed's nephew by marriage. That blind old biddy was cheated out of her husband's fortune. If that's not motive for murder, I don't know what is. But that means... Oh, you are wonderful. All in a day's work for a real detective. Me. David X... Let's wrap this up quickly. I have a line dancing class in two hours. A new act for my open mic night. Are there any last witnesses to call or shall we let the jury do their thing? As the youths say. I have none to call, your honor. I believe we've seen sufficient evidence that Mr. Grumigor Sludge murdered the victim. Your honor, I have a few more questions for Mr. Sludge. Very well. Mr. Sludge, how long have you been rivals with Curtis Glint? Since Wizard College, Glint came from some highfalutin wizard family. He always thought he was better than us gutter wizards. I hated him from the moment I saw him. Have you ever tried to kill him before? Are you nuts? What use is a dead rival? Kill your rival, you lose years of built up tension, sexual or otherwise. Hurt him and you inflame a healthy rival passion. What's screwy about this whole affair is that Mrs. Sneed encouraged the rivalry back in school. Really? Please elaborate. She encouraged me to become Glint's rival. She recently sent me a pallet of corn soda, an old spellbook, and a letter. She said, 
that she hoped my rivalry was going well and that she had used the spells in the spell book to get at her rival when she was young. Now that I think about it, that's where I got the Pigeon Polymorph spell from. You know, the one that goes... Sound of into a pigeon, I curse you. Stop turning the jury into pigeons. What? It's a good spell. Did she say anything else in the letter? She said that she sees Curtis walking through the panhandle every day, and that could be a great opportunity to get him real good. Objection. This is all conjecture. Sustained. I have no further questions for Mr. Sludge. I call Alice Need to the stand. Objection. We already talked to her. Overruled. This is getting juicy. Thank you, Your Honor. Isn't it true, Mrs. Sneed, that Curtis Glint is your nephew? By marriage? Your husband, Perdred Glint, was a wealthy wizard and uncle to the deceased. Did you inherit your husband's fortune on his death? No, I, I just got my apartment and a carafe of endless corn soda. You have my condolences, Mrs. Sneed. Did you resent Curtis Glint for this? No, I, I am a very forgiving person. Forgive and forget, I always say. Really? Even when you're left with just an apartment and a craft of endless, disgusting soda? Well, who wouldn't be upset when all of your husband's hard-earned money was inherited by some entitled brat? But that doesn't mean I murdered him. I submit to the court the letter sent to Gremagor Sludge. Tell me, Mrs. Sneed, do you recognize the handwriting? No, I never wrote that. I thought not. I've noticed ever since you took the stand that you, pardon me, reek of corn soda. Yes, it's a side effect of the carafe. Exactly, and this letter has no corn soda scent at all. I believe that you did not send this letter. Someone has framed Grumagor Sludge and you, Mrs. Sneed, for the death of Curtis Glint. Order, order! Bailiff, is there anything we can do about these birds? Your Honor, the, uh, freelance detransfigurator, Trombone Lee, is here. Excellent. The quicker we can get the jury back to their old selves, the less poop we'll have to clean up. Alrighty. We got pigeons. Yes, we do. We got pigeons. How about you? A ripple of magic flooded the room. All the transformed jury members snapped back to their normal form. All of them, and a certain pigeon sitting on the windowsill, a stout man in a tweed sweater vest and spectacles, sat stock still. That's Curtis Glynn. You mean my rotten nephew is alive? No, cuckoo, I am a pigeon, cuckoo. Order, order, bailiff. Arrest Mr. Glint. Come peacefully, Bob. Don't make me get the net. He must have faked his own death and framed Grumacore and Mrs. Sneed. Yes, it was I who set the whole thing up. It was I who sent the note to Grumacore telling him where I would be. It was I who switched my aunt's telescope for a gun. I was going to get rid of both of them and live their high life in the Pismo Beach. You'll never take me alive, flippity-doo. Flippity-doo, I am now free. You big Dummy. Nobody can teleport in or out of a courtroom. Your Honor, seeing as there is no victim in this murder case, I move for immediate dismissal. I should say so. I am throwing out this case. Mr. Sludge, all charges against you are dropped. You are free to go. Woo! However, Mr. Glint, you are sentenced to hard labor until death. 
or something like that. I don't know. I'm so hungry. Congratulations, Gramagor. Oh, I knew I could do it. Now, about the fees, you... I can't hear you above my excitement. See you, nerd. Mr. Blank, I did not expect a normal human to be as proficient in law as you demonstrated today. Perhaps I need to keep a closer eye on you. You'd be surprised to see what a normal human can do with a little teamwork, heart, and just a pinch Shut of up. You really annoy me. You really do. Goodbye. Well, bye. Great work, Norman, getting the D-Transfigurator here just in the nick of time. I didn't do that. Nah, who cares? Let's go get hammered at the Stinky Helmet. My treat. Yeah, I don't want to be too cooped up while winging it. Get it? No. Next time on the Occult Adventures of Norman P. Blank. When Harry met Salmonella. Hello? Hi, I'm Salmonella. Nice to meet you. I'm Harry. Until next time! The Occult Adventures of Norman P. Blank is brought to you by the vocal prowess of Anna Brown, Art Brown, Brandon Brooks, Cameron Rose, Courtney Reese, Desiree Foster, Dylan Ballardinelli, Elizabeth Birmingham, Jordan Stidham, Kevin Victor Ray, and Will Mercer. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review and head over to our Patreon to unlock even more Norman content at patreon.com slash normanpblank. This has been a Laughing Skull Audio production.